Use of electronic cigarettes by adolescents is common and increasing. These trends bear close watching, and we don't yet know enough about what motivates youth to start using e-cigarettes or about the factors associated with usage. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for CMAJ, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Michael Khoury. He's a resident in pediatric cardiology at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. Dr. Khoury and his co-authors have published in CMAJ a cross-sectional research study derived from a large longitudinal population cohort. They surveyed grade 9 students and sought to evaluate the frequency, motivations, and associated factors for e-cigarette use in adolescence. I reached Dr. Khoury in Toronto. Hello, Michael. Hi, Dr. Sandberg. How are you? Good. Glad to have you with us today. So let's start by getting sort of a sense of where this study was coming from. Now, we already know that e-cigarette use has been happening among adolescents. What new things were you hoping to learn by studying this group of adolescents that you looked at now? There is a lot of information that is starting to build up regarding the frequency of e-cigarette use, uh, including some Canadian studies in the national setting that have uh, assessed the frequency of use across the country. Um, but little was known about why or as to why adolescents have gravitated towards e-cigarettes. So we wanted to focus on the motivations and the apparent appeals of e-cigarettes amongst grade 9 students, uh, given that they are traditionally marketed as smoking cessation devices, and we hypothesize that this really may not be the case amongst adolescents. In addition, we wanted to evaluate for factors associated with e-cigarette use to help the clinician identify possible associations uh, and to help also drive further uh, research in the future. So we wanted to look at associations with exposure to tobacco, things like socioeconomic status and perceived health and stress levels as well. So tell us about the Healthy Heart Schools program. Why was this a good population to choose for your study? Well, the Healthy Heart Schools program is part of uh, Heart Niagara Incorporated, uh, which is a not-for-profit organization that uh, functions in the Niagara region. And the Healthy Heart Schools program is a curriculum enrichment program that provides personalized education regarding cardiometabolic and healthy lifestyle behaviors um, for all the students in grade 9 in the Niagara region in both public and Catholic schools. Um, and they also provide individualized cardiometabolic risk factor testing and uh, administer a questionnaire to all these students as well. And so they do have a dedicated screening day. They're well immersed into the Niagara region, uh, trusted by families and primary care physicians alike. Uh, and so as a result, they do have a high rate of enrollment. And, and so it, it often serves as a universal type screening uh, in this region. Uh, and the Hospital for Sick Children and the Heart Niagara Healthy Heart Schools program have had a long-standing and fantastic relationship that actually continues to grow and expand. And so we continue to enroll new cohorts of grade 9 students each academic year. And CMAJ has published work from this cohort before. Is this an ongoing study? Is the study continuing to enroll new cohorts of students going forward? Yes. So, so grade nine students are enrolled on an annual basis through each school year and the screening program is performed on a rolling basis so that each grade nine student has the opportunity to participate as they move through grade nine. And actually the program is expanding to start including, uh, on a more frequent basis, grade five students and grade seven students as well. Uh, so yes, the partnership with sick kids does continue to exist and is actually growing uh, on an annual basis. 
Interesting. Now, now, part of this program includes education about healthy lifestyle behaviors. In fact, I think that's a big part of the program. Does that include education about the harms of tobacco use? And do you know whether it has ever included any teaching about e-cigarettes? Well, yes. So it does definitely include information about the harms of tobacco use. Uh, that's well established and implemented into the program. Interestingly, uh, I don't believe it includes information about e-cigarette use at this time because the incorporation of e-cigarettes into the questionnaire was a relatively novel addition in the 2013-2014 academic school year. So we will actually be working towards including this into the curriculum, particularly using some of the results of our study, uh, which directly assess the use in this community to help facilitate and direct the curriculum. Fantastic. So let's talk about these results then that are guiding you going forward. Let's start with sort of the prevalence of use, which is probably the most basic question that we, we want to know. How many of these grade nine students had used these cigarettes and how often were they using them? Well, we looked at something called an ever-use rate, which means if they had ever used it once, even just one puff. Uh, and that was the question we asked. And we found that 11% of the grade 9 students who answered the questionnaire had used e-cigarettes at least once. Uh, and of these students, a little over half of them, or 56% of them, reported using them only once, while one-third reported using them a few times, and just under 10% reported using them frequently or daily. And where are these kids learning about e-cigarettes? Yeah, so we asked them that question too, uh, where were they exposed to it, or where did they find that they were most exposed to it? And we interestingly found that these students provided a wide variety of places where they learned about e-cigarettes. So most commonly, they reported learning about them through their friends. However, nearly a quarter of them reported learning about e-cigarettes through a store sign or a display, which was a finding of significant concern to us, given that uh, marketing of these should be, should be quite limited. And then a further 12% of students reported learning about them directly from the internet. And there was another big category of responses which you grouped as other, and that was about a third of students. Do you know anything about what that other is composed of? For example, would it include social media? You know, I, I would be hypothesizing here. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have more information on that. I wish we did and something to look forward to in further questionnaires. But I would definitely make the assumption or hypothesize that, yes, social media probably played a significant role or just the media in general, I might add, because it, it does. E-cigarettes e are quite prominent in the media today, whether it's movies or TV shows. Right. Now, one of the main objectives of your study was to look at factors associated with the use of e-cigarettes. What did you find out there? Well, we found that a number of factors are associated with e-cigarette use, including a few factors that are uh, non-modifiable. Uh, and the main non-modifiable factor that was associated with use was the male gender. Uh, so we found that males had a 1.7 times increased odds of using e-cigarettes. Now, that being said, our strongest associations were amongst the students who they themselves, who reported that they themselves were current cigarette smokers. So current cigarette smokers had 12 times increased odds of having ever tried e-cigarettes. And in addition, students who had friends who smoked cigarettes had almost a four times increased odds of having tried e-cigarettes. So exposure to tobacco smoke 
amongst the students themselves and having friends that smoke were strongly associated with use. Uh, and then similarly, we found that students who reported cigarette smokers in their home had a very uh, strong association with e-cigarette use. And then finally, we found that e-cigarette use was associated with a worsened self-perceived health or stress level rating, as well as a lower estimated mean and median household income. That, that association with smoking is by far the, the largest risk factor, leads to what I think is the, the biggest question in this area, which is, are e-cigarettes a gateway to smoking for youth? What does your study do to bring us closer to an answer to that question? Well, we think so. We, we think that we hypothesize that amongst the youth uh, and in the pediatric population, that e-cigarettes may be uh, serving to renormalize uh, smoking behavior. And we also feel that the existing evidence outside of our study as well is beginning to suggest this. Now, our, as you mentioned, our strongest associations were amongst current smokers. However, only about 3% of our study population were current smokers. So actually, 82% of our study population had not smoked cigarettes or, or were, did not identify themselves as current smokers that, that were using e-cigarettes. And so given our relatively high frequency of e-cigarette use at around 11%, we, we feel that uh, this is quite suggestive, that, the, that this is a population that may be at risk for adopting smoking behaviors in the future. Uh, though that being said, our study is limited by being a cross-sectional study and, and further studies are required to assess this. And fortunately, two recent American longitudinal studies have, have looked at this. Um, so, for example, a six-month follow-up of non-cigarette smoking grade 9 students, so students who hadn't smoked cigarettes before, 31% of e-cigarette users at six months later had smoked tobacco at the follow-up compared with 8% of e-cigarette never users. And that was a study found by Leventhal and all, uh, and it was published in JAMA. And findings such as these have suggested that e-cigarettes may really be serving as serving to renormalize smoking behavior amongst youth. That's all very concerning, isn't it? Now, a counter-argument to that gateway hypothesis has been that what's really going on is that youth like to experiment and some see, you know, both tobacco and e-cigarette youth as a, a consequence of that. But what did you observe in terms of how youth regard e-cigarettes compared to tobacco cigarettes and, you know, whether they look at them in the same way with respect to harm or appeal? Well, you know, I actually... I quite agree with that concept that that youth are regarding e-cigarettes and tobacco cigarettes much in the same way. Um, and they're also probably being drawn to them through a form of experimentation. And, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to carry out this, uh, this study, because these e-cigarettes are being marketed as smoking cessation devices. Uh, but the vast majority of youth in our study definitely were not using them for the, that intended purpose, but rather were drawn to them because they seemed like they were something cool or new. We did ask students, we did ask them to provide them with a few multiple choice questions about cigarette smoking itself, so conventional cigarette smoking. They did seem to have a very high knowledge rate about the risks for cancer and the detrimental health effects of cigarette smoking. And I think that reflects in this study population having an only 3% of grade 9 students having been recent or, or, or considering themselves current cigarette smokers, which is much lower than American data and also traditional data in the high school population. Um, however, 
there isn't, at least in the Healthy Arts Schools program curriculum, and, and I think in the, in the school curriculums at large across the country, though I'm not certain of this, I don't believe that e-cigarette education is as established, especially since uh, studies are still ongoing evaluating the, the direct physical uh, detrimental effects of e-cigarette use. Uh, there are findings that are coming out. For example, Jack recently published a paper that looked at that showed higher blood pressure levels in e-cigarette users uh, and issues concerning vascular stiffness. So, so there definitely are concerns, but it's, it's still um, being generated. And I don't believe the knowledge translation is as uh, solidified and as cemented as it is for tobacco use. Um, so I would hypothesize that students don't perceive them to be as harmful. And when you combine that with the fact that they're relatively more easily accessible, at least before the recent legislation in Ontario, uh, you end up with a higher prevalence of use amongst adolescents and a device that very well could be renormalizing the smoking behavior and reversing the significant public health efforts that Canada as a nation has made uh, to reduce smoking rates amongst both youth and adults. Now, some might even advance the argument that if youth are going to use something, it would be better for them to use cigarettes than to start smoking tobacco. And in that light, they might even portray cigarette use among youth as a, as a positive thing, as a form of harm reduction. But what do your data say about whether these youth were using e-cigarettes as a substitute for tobacco, as opposed to using it together with tobacco as sort of dual users? Right. I, I also agree with the notion that it could put, that the one place where e-cigarettes could play a role would be in the harm reduction field. But we would be then talking about, and, and so then if other things being equal, as a pediatrician, if you ask me, would you rather a student smoked an e-cigarette or used an e-cigarette, I should say, or smoked a conventional cigarette? I would say, yeah, if they had to choose one, it would probably be an e-cigarette. However, um, this argument would be more applicable when you're discussing the role of e-cigarettes as smoking cessation devices rather than novel devices for students to try. Because really, it doesn't need to be they're gonna, if they're going to use one or the other, they really shouldn't use any. Uh, and I don't feel that, uh, based on our study results, that e-cigarettes are just simply replacing cigarette use. It's rather an earlier gateway. So, so we found only about 4% of the e-cigarette users were using them to smoke less or to help them not smoke cigarettes, whereas the vast majority were using them because it was something that was cool and fun and new. And that's probably the most significant and concerning finding in our study is that this is a relatively young population of 14 and 15-year-olds, and over 10% of them had used e-cigarettes, and the vast majority of them are using them because they want to try something new. You, you yep. noted already the high association between cigarette smoking and e-cigarette use. So would it be fair to say that most of the e-cigarette users were dual users of e-cigarettes and tobacco cigarettes? So most, most cigarette users are dual users of had used e-cigarettes. However, most e-cigarette users had, are not dual users, if that makes sense. So there's a significant proportion of students that are using e-cigarettes that are not currently smoking cigarettes. However, uh, the use, but however, the, as I mentioned, there's two recent longitudinal studies in the States that had shown that e-cigarette use was very strongly associated with future tobacco use. Your design is cross-sectional, so you don't know what happened to these kids a year down the line, right? Right. Now, your study's a population cohort, uh, although it's from one region in one province. How do your data compare to what other Canadian studies have found? 
we first we wanted to see did we think that this study was um, relevant for the for the rest of Canadian grade nine students or fourteen to fifteen year olds in Canada, and we we tried to answer that question by looking at census data, and we found that the Niagara region is very similar to much of the rest of Ontario. Uh, with the exception of uh, ethnic bre- breakdown, that the the uh, rate of uh, immigrant population and ethnic diversity wa- is a little bit lower in the Niagara region than it is in the rest of Ontario. With you, if you take that all into context and you look at the prevalence findings in our study, we found an every use rate of eleven percent, whereas studies across Canada and the U.S. have actually found every use rates that are a little bit higher. However, they haven't focused their studies on just uh, 14 and 15 year olds, they've generally focused them on high school students or adolescents and young adults. So there, the Canadian national data rate has ranged anywhere from 15 to 20 percent. Uh, and a recent study of Ontario high school students found an every use rate of 15 percent. So our numbers are a little bit lower, but we are focusing on a population that's newly entered high school and therefore probably newly exposed to e-cigarettes. Provincial governments, including the government of Ontario, but several others, have now passed some legislation abating cigarettes. The Ontario legislation came into effect on January 1st of this year, actually, and this legislation bans the sale and supply of e-cigarettes to anyone under 19. So what impact do you expect that law to have on the trends you've observed, and are there any plans you have to study this cohort again in future to actually evaluate the effects of this legislation? Well, we we obviously feel that this legislation is definitely a step in the right direction in helping limit the exposure and the accessibility of e-cigarettes uh, amongst the youth. Um, and and so we're quite intrigued to see what impact this will ha- have on, on e-cigarette prevalence and, and also uh, on the awareness of students of e-cigarettes and where they're learning about them now. Um, so Canadian national data and American national data have shown uh, increasing prevalences uh, across the years in e-cigarette use, and it's been dramatically increasing amongst adolescents. Uh, and so it will be interesting to see if, these le- if this legislation can successfully combat this, uh, because there's a very big difference between instituting legislation and actually enforcing it. And I can tell you, at least in Toronto, that the enforcement of uh, the advertising of the le- of these legislations, the enforcement of the the ban on nicotine in these devices, uh, has been quite low, and and there's very little regulation in the current time uh, that exists. So I wonder, and and I hope that uh, that prevalence will decrease or, or start to decrease amongst youth. Um, but I'll, I'm, I'm very eager to learn more about this. So yes, we will continue to study this through the Healthy Heart Schools program, and we'll be able to hopefully get some trends of e-cigarette use across the years. Interesting. Uh, last question: What what message do you have based on these results for uh, readers of this and for the general public about e-cigarettes and youth? I think there there's a little bit of a divide in, in the existing literature about the role of e-cigarettes. Uh, in the adult population, one can make the harm reduction argument. Uh, though that being said, I don't think it's established at all that e-cigarette devices are superior nicotine replacement devices to other uh, nicotine replacement the devices that are better studied and more established. So I think there's there's two things to focus on about e-cigarettes before we consider whether or not they're beneficial to the population as a whole or not. The first is the direct effects of the e-cigarettes themselves, the direct health effects. And 
And I don't think that's fully established yet how dangerous they could potentially be. And I think that is in part because they are so poorly regulated at the time. So it's difficult to study them. It's difficult to study the contents of each individual e-cigarette. But I think the more important factor, especially when it comes to the, pe- the pediatric population, is the notion that these e-cigarettes may very well be renormalizing smoking behaviors. That over re- recent uh, decades, there's been significant efforts and, and, and a significant fight on behalf of public health institutions and governments across the world, really, to combat uh, cigarette smoking. And now we have devices that look and resemble and are used in a very similar way to cigarette smoking uh, and are being often marketed in different flavors uh, and appealing colors and things that are drawing in new users and young users. Uh, and I think that's of significant concern both to parents, but also physicians that see children. And so uh, that would be the most important thing to emphasize is to not, for, for physicians that treat children, to not directly focus on the health benefits or detriments of e-cigarettes, but rather the associations and the renormalizations that it may have with respect to, to future cigarette use. Uh, that would be the most concerning factor to me. And so that's what I would suggest that physicians and parents and schools and also public health agencies focus on when it comes to use amongst the adolescents and the youth in our country. So should physicians who see youth be actively asking their patients about e-cigarette use among the other sort of preventive health things that we do? Yes, of course. I, I, I think that it's well established that we ask questions about cigarette use. However, fortunately, multiple studies have shown that cigarette use amongst adolescents is decreasing. So while we continue to do that, e-cigarette use is actually more prevalent and increasing dramatically in prevalence amongst youth. And so physicians should definitely include that as part of their screening in adolescents, especially as early as in, in early adolescence itself, yeah, given that we found that over 10% of grade nine students had tried them. Well, certainly uh, an area of uh, broad and timely interest, and uh, you've generated some interesting new data for us. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. I've been speaking with Dr. Michael Corey, pediatric cardiology resident at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. To read the research article he co-authored, visit cmaj.ca.